Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
you are missing a pair of glasses, uh, they will be in the church office. But unless you come get a pair of fellowship back on, but they'll be right there. Uh, don't forget today there is a bridal fee for Ashley and Brent from 1 30 to 3 for the man of Brent. Uh, October 18th and 20th is the Mid South Food Bank is going to be here and have uh, food boxes. And we need some volunteers to come to that. That will start at 10 o'clock on Monday morning. And again, we need volunteers for that. 
my Savior all day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior and let me at rest. Watching and waiting with me above. When the goodness must be found. This is my story, this is my song. Praise my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praise my Savior all the day long. 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 Praise my Sav
You know, right up front, I left my cell phone at home so we won't be in trouble this morning. Really, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not one of those that I think I have to help a cell phone Sometimes it's a nice break to go that I don't have to uh, This morning, I want to continue on with the subject of what does it take to make a great church. Today, I want to look at subject today of teaching God's Word. I want you to look with me at Bill's here. We'll be looking in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Uh, I had a little struggle this past week for the message for this morning and for the crowd uh, I've not got real good at this yet, but Brian was texting me asking if I knew what the sermon was going to be. And I know I really want to know we were to do good music or anything. And I apologize because I told you it was going to be preaching time. Well, there's the problem. I, I had I had it down originally that that's what the, the, the subject was going to be this morning, preaching time. And then Sunday night was going to be preaching time. Uh, and I spoke to Kathy one night, and she just came to me, I said, uh, I think she asked me, she said, well, you got everything together? I said, well, yeah, in a way. But I don't know which one to do, Sunday morning or which one to do Sunday night. Finally, I guess it was time to speak from this. I need you to flip it to do what you were going to preach Sunday night, do it Sunday morning instead of what you were going to do Sunday nights, and what you were going to do Sunday morning. So, okay. that's fine. I'll try to pay attention to what it's saying. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Timothy here is. Paul is speaking to Timothy as he's, Timothy is a young protege, he's a young minister. But Paul is doing the best that he can to try to help Timothy in his work that he's been called on to do. And this is what Paul tells Timothy here. He says, I charge you therefore before God and Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. With all long suffering and teaching. 
for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Today I want to talk to you about the fact of matter of teaching God's Word. Education today, very important subject. Uh, you'll, you'll find probably, uh, you, you know, we're in an election type year, you know, not the president, but we are in an election type year today, and you will probably hear many, many, many candidates talk about how education is very important to them, how our students need to get the best education that they can get. Do you know how much money is spent on education in America alone? The states themselves contribute a total of $357 billion to kindergarten through 12th grade through public education. That comes out to roughly about $6,868 per student per year. And that doesn't include college, it doesn't include trade schools, it doesn't include homeschool. So I think everybody would be willing to agree that uh, a child deserves a great education. And we live in probably the greatest country in the world in order to provide for our children the best education that they can get. And I'll be honest with you, I hate school. I didn't like school. I was not really, really cared much for it. But let me go back and give you a little reason why. Now, my kindergarten through sixth grade, I consider it was probably really good at that particular time. I didn't live in Tennessee. I had all my friends. I had everybody you know that I had knew that, that I had known from kindergarten through sixth grade. So, you know, at that particular time, things was great. You know, you know, when you start out with somebody from kindergarten, you go through the whole school and everything with them. You know, it, it makes school a little bit more fun. I come from a family where my mom and dad were graduated. My dad had a sixth grade education. My mom had probably somewhere around a fourth or fifth grade education. But in that particular time and era that they lived in was a time and era where things around home and planting crops and doing things that take care of the family as far as providing for them was a little bit more important than what education was and going to school. I can remember, uh, I can remember my kindergarten teacher. I remember her name, Mrs. Moore. Uh, and I can remember the times, you know, uh, kindergarten was just that, you know, it was that fun time. I mean, it was just getting you, you know, it, you know, used to going to school and stuff like that. My best thing that I can remember about kindergarten was the naps. You know, sorry, but you know, bring your own little pot and pillow and stuff like that and nap time, you know. And I thought that was great. Uh, going through the years, I think it was about time I hit probably third grade. Uh, they had realized that I needed to start wearing glasses, which I hated. Uh, Mom and Dad took us to the optometrist, you know, we got our eyes tested that way, and they took out glasses, and I thought they were the ugliest looking things in the world. Uh, we walked to school. You know, I know, you've heard all this story about kids walking when they walk to school five miles, you know, every day, and you walk to school. But honestly, uh, I don't know if any of y'all have actually lived up near Chicago, uh, but that's where I was raised at. And so help me, I'm not one of them holding my hand on the Bible. There were times I walked to school in snow drifts that were harder than me, and that's no lie. But I, I, but I do remember, you know, they also had in those times, they still had parent-teacher conferences. You know, you still had parent-teacher conferences. So 
And like I told you earlier, my, my dad never made it more perfect than I think that fifth and sixth grade school. My fifth grade teacher was a great teacher. Mrs. Clare was her name. And the thing I remember the most about her was the fact that she had these, uh, these two prize dogs. I would sell them to this day. She took us one day for a field trip to her house. We got to meet her dog, which I thought was great. You know? uh, and then, then come along my sixth grade teacher. My sixth grade teacher. My sixth grade teacher's name was Mrs. Stone. And I will never forget that when Mom and Dad came home from parent teacher conference that day, Dad said, you know what, if they had teachers that looked like that back in high school, I'd have stayed a little bit longer. But what about, I, I, I totally, absolutely agree. Our, 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 our children today deserve the best education they can get. Because it is a competitive world that we live in today. Uh, but I, I will insert this one a little bit. If, if you don't go to college, there are good jobs for for children and for students and stuff out there that doesn't require a college degree. Uh, several years ago, I was a little bit discouraged with my dad. You know, I felt like maybe it was time that I needed to get up and do the thing. I thought, well, what, what, what can I get involved in? What, what can I do? And, I, and I, it had been a few months before that time I had had an insurance adjuster come and talk because I had a purchased car there. And the store dealer had some damage, had some damage up here. And that their insurance was going to take care of it. I don't know who body work, but it was, it was something mechanical. But anyway, this guy comes by and he's looking at the car and he's asking me all these different questions. And, and I could tell within probably the first 10 minutes of our conversation, this guy knew absolutely nothing about cars. I don't mean it. And he got a college degree that, to do this job. So my thought was, hey, I can do that. I've got years of experience of working on cars and stuff. So I thought, I, I, can, I can do this particular job. So I started an inquiry about possibly being an insurance adjuster and looking at, you know, cars and stuff. Well, you know what the biggest obstacle was to it was? I had no college education. My thoughts were, yeah, but you just sent this dum-dum to my shop and he knows absolutely nothing about it, but he's got a college degree. I say that because I want you to know that your children, whatever profession they chose in life, uh, if it's a good profession and it's a good job that will be good for them, encourage them to do just that. Help them to follow that. But I do believe we need a good basic education when it comes to our spiritual life. I do believe we need a biblical education. We need to know, I believe, what the Word of God says. As much as I feel like it is important for us to have an education in this world that we live in, I believe that as Christians today and as a church today, we need more of a biblical education out there. And why do I say that? Because the society that we live in today is teaching your children biblical things. Did you, do you know that? They may be teaching your children biblical things, but it's not things that goes by what the Word of God says. It goes exactly against about what the Word of God says. Jesus himself knew what it took in order to defeat the enemy, even in his life. Remember when Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil? What did Jesus use against the enemy? He used the word God. He came to the he came to Jesus three times, and Jesus used the word of God on him three times to declare to him and to make the devil leave him. 
Paul told Timothy, he says, there's a day that's coming that they will not endure a sound doctrine. Now, if Paul thought there was a time coming in Timothy's day, what would Paul think about the day we live in today? People will not endure sound doctrine. Okay. So what is he talking about? Well, what is doctrine? I look up the definition of doctrine. Doctrine, it says, is the... Word, the word itself means it's a belief or a set of beliefs held and taught by a church, political party, or another group. Not, I mean, I'm not worried today about political parties. I'm not worried about another group. But I am worried about today the church, what we are teaching. And, and, and am I concerned because of the fact that we're not teaching the Word of God? No, just the opposite. I think we need to be teaching more of the Word of God. Psalms chapter 119, verses 9 through 11. This psalm says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You go about hiding God's word in your heart. Here's something you never hear mentioned by the women of Scripture memorization. Memorize and speak. There are are a lot of scriptures that I have committed to memory, but my my problem is is that I wish that when I have memorized them, I have memorized where they were found at. I mean, I can I can quote you some scripture, but telling you exactly where it's at, I, I'm not real good at that. And, and sometimes my memorization skills are not that great either. So I say that in respect to this, but that's what we need to be doing with our children is making sure they know what the word of God says. I, I, I think back and remember when we were old people. We were at the old church, and I remember this so plainly. Brother Chris preached a message, and it, and it was the one. It was the Sunday, I think, before the college kids were fixing to go off to college. And, and I remember him so plainly telling the parents that he hoped that they had instilled in their children what to believe. Because if they did not, when they got to college, college was going to teach them otherwise. I'm afraid that's what's happening in our society today, and that's what's happening to our children today. Children are going off to college and they're being taught something other than what they were taught at home about Tuesday. I'll be the first one to mention you. My best learning from the Word came from two sources. First, it came from my Sunday school teachers. I, I learned a lot from my Sunday school teachers. Now, I can't do any of their names. I don't remember their names. I can remember their faces. I can remember the little things that they used to teach us when we were children. And, you know, as it progressed in age, I can remember the things that they taught us, the Bible stories and, and all the different things. I can remember them. But the second thing I remember the most of being taught was how I saw it lived out in my parents' life. If you're a teacher during the time, I want to encourage you to continue teaching God's Word. Don't waver off of what the world wants to teach and what the world thinks that you need to know. 
we need to know what God says because this this one is the thing we will be judged by. It's His word, but God's word gets compromised every day. What does it mean that it gets compromised? I mean, because people today are looking for preachers and teachers to tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Paul says, told Timothy, he says that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They're looking for pe- people who teach them what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. He's saying that because when he says they have itching ears, is that they're only hearing what they want to hear. They're not hearing what they need to hear. What we need to hear is we need to hear the Word of God. We need to hear what the truth is. People will say, well, what is truth? They even ask Jesus that. Remember when Jesus was being brought before Pilate? Pilate makes the comment and says, do, do you not admit that you are a king? Jesus said, I am a king. You say right that I am a king. And you're, you're saying the truth in that. But his question back to him is, well, what, what is truth? Jesus' best example, his best comment back to that was not what he gave to Pilate. But in John chapter 13, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the one. If we are to continue on as a church that I believe is on the right path, I believe we also need to continue on with the great, with the strong biblical teaching that God has given to us to go to the next generation that they might believe it to the next generation. In other words, there was one thing that I was remember several years ago that I was probably the first year when we first started coming to Bible school. I came out of some of y'all So, one of the things that I was really impressed with was remember Sunday nights we used to have the soccer team training? Remember what the soccer team training was? It basically was teaching, teaching God's word. Admonishing people to live a life before God that God wants us to live before. And I was highly impressed with that. The fact that now that they were still doing even, you know, above and beyond the Sunday school, the, the life group that we call that, but there was discipleship training, that we were still training adults. You know, the, the, some will still say that the old story or the old thing was true, you can't teach an old ball new tricks, but you could still be taught. I learn things every day. I mean, even in the mechanical business, I learn new things every day. I learn how stupid engineers are, for one thing. I mean, when somebody spends their living behind a computer designing something that they've never worked on with a day in their life, I'm thinking, you, you guys aren't quite right. But God has given us a way in order to learn His ways, and it is by studying His ways. It is by memorizing His scriptures. It's like the psalmist said, that we might hide this stuff in our hearts that we might not sin against God. David said in Psalms chapter 51, verses 12 and 13, he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your tender spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your way, and sinners shall be converted unto you. But first I have to be restored unto God. 
to have to be restored of them. And then I can teach those that are around me what your ways are. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you are a teacher. You, you may not actually teach a Sunday school class, but you as a Christian are a teacher. People are watching you, and people are learning from you. They may not be learning, you know, because of the vocalization that you make, but they're watching in your life. Someone's always watching. You know the old saying also that says, actions speak louder than words. It's very simple. Are we being taught by God's word every day? A great church teaches God's word. Not only teaches God's word, but teaches God's word faithfully and lives it out in front of others in their everyday life. What are we teaching our children? What are we teaching our grandchildren? The two best places are going to be in that life group and in that family home. I want to tell you something, I think, for myself personally. The best biblical teaching I have gotten in my life is watching my parents. And I, and I know there may be some that can sit here with me and say, I didn't get that. I was a regular Christian. Only they had one Christmas. They didn't get it from the And I really can say, I, I can't comprehend what it looks like to me. I can't understand it. But I'm thankful that you are where you are today. Because you know what? You're a Sunday school teacher. Teach you something. I'm a preacher. Sometimes you are doing something. I have to, and I, I don't know any other way to say it, but I have to say that my, my, my biggest example before me was my dad. I mean, I knew my dad loved God. There was no doubt about it. I mean, if, if he had any fans, I was his biggest fan. And I can remember even though I can't remember it, my mom used to tell me, I was a, I was a daddy boy. There's three of us, and I've got an older brother that's 12 years old, and then I've got an older brother that's 10 years old. So I was in the middle. If you're a middle child out there, I understand what it's like to be a middle child. But I was a daddy's boy. Mom used to say that dad would have to try to sneak out of the house just to get away from me. Because I was going to follow him wherever he went. I was going to do whatever dad was doing. If it was doing carpenter work, I'd drop there with him. I would pay much attention to the carpenter work, at least my dad paid a little bit but if he was working on the car, the grandpa was right there with him. I was doing whatever it was he was doing. And then as I got older, I watched a little bit more and think, because my dad was faithful to My dad was a Sunday school teacher. My dad was a sound director. He was a church clerk. My dad was a church bus at times. My dad was churchy. I mean, there wasn't anything about church that my dad didn't love. He was excited when it came time for church. Uh, and I can also remember that in times when I wasn't doing what I should have done, I had an 11 o'clock curfew on Saturday night, 5 to 11 o'clock. I knew that would be the reason for being late. 
Don't be afraid to let your feet see you I want to go even more further than that. Dads, don't be afraid to let your children see you They need to know that you need them. They need to know that you love Jesus. They need to know that church is important. If you haven't seen it by now, the reason why I felt like God made me change the message from teaching God's Word this morning to teaching God's Word instead of preaching God's Word is because I want to encourage you to do something with this. Some of you may not attend. You don't come to a lot of But I encourage you Surprised at how the support you get from your I'm not saying that we don't get support here in the congregation with basically being God by any particular kind of God. But I am saying that when you are in a small group, it's a little bit more intimate. People get to know you just a little bit better. And you are all feel more free to share things than you do yourself. I read a statement that was written in the William Bradford and so forth. It says, There are two kinds of education. One teaches us how to make a living, the other teaches us how to live. This is what gives us If you pray and ask God to read His Word, something you don't understand, the Bible plainly tells us that God will give us the This morning, I really want to encourage you about the continue. Teachers continue teaching, continue lifting up. Continue giving them what God has given to you. Continue your time that you spend in devotion and prayer of God. Because it is important what you're doing, because what you're doing is impacting the next generation. If we will continue with God's words, for 150 more years of First Baptist Avenue, continue that we need to make sure we are teaching. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you today, Lord, that we have those that have been before us, that have been teachers and preachers of your word, 
that have given to us those things which you have given to them, but you have used them in a way that has brought us to the place where we're at today because of the teaching of the Word of God. Lord, I just pray Lord, that today, if there's anyone here this morning that does not know this Lord is that the first and foremost make that decision today. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that is not being faithful to come, and they've never really tried Sunday school class, Lord, I pray that you would trust upon their hearts that they would come and get involved, get themselves in group, so they can fellowship with each other, hear your word each other. Lord, we come to this time this whole time, Lord, whatever, whatever needs to be here this morning, that you give them in. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you and we're excited you're taking this first step for God today.